everybody, and welcome to Acts of Pod. Um, as always, on lead vocals and primary songwriter, which is just because I'm proud and I don't feel I have to diminish it. Um, even though they've told me not to say that every time. Doesn't matter. Uh, my name is Gina, and on bass, as always, we have Anne. Hello. And as a surprise, Cezanne was listening to uh, Automatic for the People. She brought out her mandolin this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's brought out her mandolin. I mean, it's so, so twee. <laughs> I mean, I I thought we'd established that this was a post-punk synth goth band, but she brought out the mandolin. We'll see how it works. I like to keep it fresh. So, there we go. Is everybody doing all right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm in my recording studio. <laughs> That's right. A cool as a cucumber. <laughs> That's right. Tell I you mean, what. There's... I mean, if anyone wants to know what it's like to sit in a garage in Texas in the summer. <laughs> technically not summer yet, and it's only going to no. get worse. Uh, I hate to. I love it. You. I love it. You could turn on a fan our studio no, provider. No, there's been a fan controversy in the past. Well, how so, big is okay. this? Is it an industrial fan? Yeah, it's like a floor, like a floor shop, whatever. You know, well, car shop. What are they called? I don't want you sweating. I don't. No, no, I'm fine. Because I did crack the garage door open a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely gonna so, do it. So the 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 little breeze it's, and maybe in a maybe a little possum or raccoon yeah, it, will poke its face. It's in. good for letting in cats. And yeah, yeah. that has happened to yeah. me. I have I have made eye contact with both cats and raccoons mm. while sitting in the garage. Fun. So. Huh. <laughs> well, I'm. I think that they find our analysis as compelling uh, as uh, the other 99%. So <laughs> I, I could see how they're invested in, in the success of, you know, universal health care and the rest of it. I mean, we'll have a little more money to put yogurt cartons in, you know, the recycling and the raccoons are happy. And yeah, yeah, it's a circle yeah. of life. Trickle, yeah. d- trickle down economics. <laughs> That's right. I mean, sure, we could pay them what they uh, are earned, but like, earn what they're owed, but. Right. But, you know, I don't know where these raccoons came from. I don't either. I mean, I want to, I want to. Go back to where you came from, raccoons. I, Go back to that sewer grate in the street where you came from. Well, also, I want them to have a drug test before I give them any of my handout trash. And you know, <laughs> <And> trash. <laughs> my trash and free raccoons. <laughs> and I hope that none of those raccoons were born outside the confines of marriage, but <laughs> I have my suspicions. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a father when I've seen a f- raccoon family, so <laughs> that should say a lot. Traditional values, gown. <laughs> How much of the raccoon will be cut? <laughs> None. <laughs> Not one second. Uh, so 
Right. We're all doing great. Yes. So it's a little, you know, last episode we had uh, Axe of Pod After Dark. While <laughs> I am uh, just as consistent, really relaxed as I was last episode, <laughs> I feel like they may be more on the ball. Um, but this time is a little different because we are just going to present you with um, a strange, uh, disastrous American event that happened in the 20s. And uh, it was inspired by current events. But I just want to see if if maybe in the telling of it, you will draw those conclusions on your own because it's applicable to... To a lot of the issues we're having now. I, I think we're getting to, like, it's understood, like, we're showing, like, the cyclical, uh, you know what, <laughs> let me just stop right there. <laughs> I was about to about to launch into some, like, patchouli-fueled uh, right. rant, but yeah, yeah. We make connections because same as it ever was, etc., that's right. And it's important to, if possible, maybe learn from mistakes that were made previously to uh, ensure a better outcome. I mean, or that would be ideal. Or shake your heads. Yeah. Um, or, again, just shake our heads like a bunch of Cassandras who had prophesied <laughs> doom and gloom. <laughs> And nobody believed us, and then now it's all happening, and... Whoa, you know. you're going Greek mythology. Yeah, I'm going Greek mythology, but I'm also trying to stand up for pessimists. I think we get a bad rap, <laughs> and I'm just saying, sometimes we're right. You know? Often. I'm going to say most times. I'm a real yeah. glass yeah. half full type of person when I think about how often pessimists are correct. <laughs> well, yeah. and... It, it's you know a side effect of uh, a of gut wrenching depression is that <laughs> you have a um, more realistic view of life and apparently it's actually helpful to have an unrealistic and optimistic view of life and um, but this time I think it served me well I saw this coming for a long time so there wasn't a shock element at the chaos. <laughs> Well, it's that whole thing of, like, ignorance is bliss. I don't know. Who first said that? Newton, he invented gravity. <laughs> Did he also? He also said that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean. Just attribute it to Newton. Sure. You can, sure. On, it depends on who looks best on the meme. So, like, it could like, be yeah, Darwin. <laughs> I just like the idea of him inventing gravity. Okay. <laughs> he did. And it, which makes a lot of sense when you look at like Renaissance portraiture and everybody's floating in space. Yeah. Like, right. I, well, I mean, and you know, thank you, thank you, Europe, thank you, Europe. Yeah. Right. Out of out of Europe, we we would we wouldn't be on the planet, like standing, <laughs> we, <laughs> if it wasn't for the invention of gravity out God. of Europe. Thank God. I mean. Does That's my... why they had all those metal for the knights, you know? They had to weigh themselves down. Oh. Yeah, and nobody talks about it. And it was made by aliens. 
So <laughs> ancient aliens. Oh. Is, there's you know no that show. You know that show's been um, has, is a bit problematic. Yeah, I. <laughs> I I really should not have thrown the hook in the water on that one oh, because I okay. it seems like okay. it's really on the up and up. I can't imagine well, it's, what could well, be wrong. Yeah, yeah, what what's racist about saying how could these people come up with a pyramid unless an alien did it? Why would anybody be offended by that? Like, can you imagine? It was like. <laughs> wow, Cheetah Gita says she was a really good student. I guess that's when it, the aliens inhabited her body for eight years. And then they left, and now she's an idiot. I'm good like, job on that thesis <laughs> that you wrote. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, it was aliens. Yeah, um, woo, if it weren't for aliens. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, thanks a lot. I got a great GPA, and it really did go downhill after you left, so. (laughs) Uh, That's not what we're, we're not talking about ancient aliens. All right, let's go. Where Um, where are we going? All right, so we are going back to, this might throw you for a loop. I'm going to go back uh, to the late 1800s to start a biography. Okay. All right. So, um, we, today's topic is the Bath Schoolhouse bombing. And, um, so what I thought we could do in the tradition of all the true podcasts, well, all the true crime podcasts that actually have listeners, um, (laughs) So, you know, we're just going to give a bio, bio, that's what people say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bio. As in, drone black crawfish pie. <laughs> Mio Mayo. Mio Mayo. Say that bio. Son of a gun. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, I, it is an apt... <laughs> <laughs> It is an apt metaphor for what we are about to do, which is to show the complex building of flavors over time. (laughs) (laughs) Of an atrocious and unforgiving crime. Yes. Um, So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about this bombing, and then just, you know, we're going to start with the bio of the bomber himself. And then, you know, get into the actual bombing. (laughs) Thanks for laying out the outline. (laughs) Yeah. Wait. Why don't you just launch into it? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) What did I do? Sorry. What did I do? Did I fuck it up? No, it's it's just projecting the outline. Here's what's going to happen. Prepare yourselves. First. I'm going to speak of the bio. (laughs) Then we shall go into the event. Then uh, what may follow is a discussion of... uh, You know what? I wanted it to make it clear. I wanted to make it clear that I was working not in the modernist storytelling standard. Sure. 
We're going chronologically, <laughs> much to my fucking chagrin. Yeah. Right. Okay. God damn Grin, it. Maybe I am talking Get to you. Get out of here with your clocks. <laughs> I know. I, I know that you feel restricted <sighs> by our human understanding of time and the plot Grecian, points. Grecian, Grecian, linear. Can we please get European to Roman linear. numeral one in the timeline? <laughs> I am well, ready. Right. <laughs> hey, you want to go on a linear time time adventure? Sure. It's fun. Just as fun as the rest, man. Right. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I have not developed my third eye to see things from all perspectives at all times like you, Anne. No, Anne no, is it, a three-eyed you know raven of history. <laughs> Right. All right. Do so it. again, do it. maybe maybe I can edit out how I like to sell the story, which is beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> Revolutionary. Because it was really meant. Again, Everybody, for hold one on to your person. butts. This is going to go in order. <laughs> yeah. There is no Finnegan's wake happening up in here. Oh, Certainly God. not. Okay. There God. is, there's no Proustine retelling. We are <laughs> beginning, middle, and strapping. So, <laughs> our, apparently I have only ever called him Kehoe. I don't even know what his first name is. Oh. Andrew. Andy, good old Andy Kehoe. Andrew. Andy. Andrew. <laughs> I was like, Andrew. And- Andrew. <laughs> Right. Andrew, Andrew. born into a... F- right. Say yeah. it again. Okay. I think we... Uh, okay. you want, one more time. Is it the the Anglo pronunciation Andrew? Andrew. Right. Okay. Andrew. Okay. Andrew Kiko, born into a family of 13. His uh, biological mother died young. His father remarried... And apparently, uh, Andrew and his stepmother had a very contentious relationship. And, I mean, this is apropos of nothing, but uh, one day she, uh, the stove exploded. And um, <laughs> yeah. he happened to be nearby. And because it was an oil-based fire, when he threw water on it, it actually... Set her aflame. Um, set her aflame. And at the time, you know, it, it looked like a, a terrible accident, even though stoves weren't known to explode very frequently. But And also, you know. I think even then, Kehoe was quite a tinkerer, is how they... He was a tinkerer. And I... Described And him. again... It's uh, this in the same way that um, peeping toms and people who expose themselves in England are known as <laughs> sex pests. <laughs> God, sex pests. <laughs> Ew. what a pest! Oh, that's sex pest. Shoo. That guy cracks Shoo, me you up. Little sex pest. Uh, yeah, so a lot of uh, date- well, even well, peeping tom is even less malicious sounding the like peeping pest. I'm just peeping just trying to get a little peep <sighs> I mean well I, so he was a peeping tom no <laughs> <laughs> no okay. all, all he did was possibly rig the stove to explode yeah. 
And then, rather than extinguish this flame, he magnified it. <laughs> right. Right. And watched her burn. Watched so, her burn I mean, eyeballs. Can I? Can yes. I just interject a date real quick? And this yes, is keeping. Can. This is keeping in the law of chronology. He okay. was born February first, eighteen seventy-two. I feel like that should have been Roman numeral one. All right. Well, I'm saying it. it. And then. Apparently, this happened when he was around thir- 14, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That's right. He was 14. What what day, What year was that, Anne? Okay. Uh, 72, 82, <laughs> 83, 84, 85, 86, 1886. She's using 1886. She's using her fingers. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to see that happen. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway. So, that, so Akiha- that was... That wouldn't... Well, never mind. Go ahead. I was going to say that sounds traumatic to watch your stepmother burn to death. Right. Unless you burned her. Yeah. Unless, of course, you were the one that yeah. set off the explosion and watched her, like arsonists yeah. like to do, <laughs> right. um, burn to death. Anyway. Ugh. No, they're not. They, they, they're just like watching their fires. They don't necessarily watch. That, that part was just like an extra added no, thing. No, I know. I know. Um, so he, he married his wife, Nellie. He bought a farm for 12,000. He financed 6,000 of it. Um, and the way, this is the way he was described by his neighbors. They said that he was a smart, meticulous man who had little patience for others (laughs) and was cruel to animals, which they noticed because... Red flag. He had actually beat one of his horses to death. He beat his horse. Which we've discussed <laughs> on this podcast before. And beating that, a dead horse. Here's, no. Well, no, no, here's the thing. He beat an alive horse, and that's right, disgusting. That's, that's horrible. And had he only known the euphoria of beating a dead horse. <laughs> hey, I'm not entirely... It didn't say he didn't beat the dead horse. He could have yeah, continued he to beat it. Yeah, he could have just kept beyond. going. We don't know that, but... I'm just saying in our experience that I want that horse to live a fulfilling, long life. Right. Every minute of their experience on Earth to be reciprocal love and yeah. freedom. Die of natural causes before we begin. Right. Then you start. Gleefully. <laughs> and I mean. Just with abandon. With absolute, like, nobody's watching. Right. Um, and hopefully you do have your children with you. Um, and you God. just beat it to death. Um, you you could also just go on Twitter and respond every time somebody brings up something you don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very similar. Yes. Um, because I think everybody learns their lesson. Um, with a rep, this is in quotes, a reputation for thriftiness. Um, Kehoe was elected treasurer of Bath Consolidated School Board in 1924. Um, and again, this is like where I would do a close up if I were a director of a movie because it's going (laughs) to come into play later on. Yeah. So, okay, while on the board, Kehoe fought 
relentlessly for lower taxes, and he blamed the property tax levy uh, for his family's poor financial conditions because um, Kehoe, it was, let's see, it's 20, is it 20 miles from Lansing? It's only 10 miles from Lansing, Michigan. It only had 300 people. But it had just, in the previous five years, built this huge consolidated school, which almost everybody would agree is a good thing because, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, uh, his only concern was that he had to pay more property taxes that he couldn't afford. And so that uh, planted the seed. That's where I was, that's what I was trying to get at. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he he was always anti-taxes right i mean he'd always railed against any kind of tax and so when they decided to build this um consolidated they they formed a district built this school and then he so then he decided to serve on the board of it so he could sort of try to dismantle it from the inside become the treasurer of the board of the school district that he so despised is that what wait so you're saying that somebody who resents how government is run to essentially raise funds that's going to educate the area's children yeah yeah if to you paying any more taxes um even if it's for the greater good and could help so many other people but it impacts you negatively your thought is I'm going to get involved in that institution and try to, yeah. Yeah. Here's an interesting part during which I think it might be worth bringing up that tinkering because, because rather than try to make a profitable uh, farming endeavor so that he Mm -hmm. could pay Mm -hmm. for his, his, uh, you know, the, mortgage on his farm what did he do Anne? Mm-hmm. well one thing he wanted to um there's an account of him um using a tractor to hold on oh yeah so he want he was trying to like maneuver where he had two mowers behind his tractor he was always looking for like shortcuts farming shortcuts so like latching up tractors to this or that or you know and like the other farmers were like well why don't you just try farming like we all do yeah yeah and i mean granted um, that's not to say like inventions aren't good like but it just sounds like he wasn't a good inventor yeah he wasn't a good inventor but he was obsessed (laughs) with like economy of effort and like the, the the mental image of having a tractor and then just i imagine just like <laughs> leather, leather tied with these like mo like plow mowers tied with leather and be like all right this is gonna, I'm gonna cut down on the town yeah. i'm gonna save well, money on my fuel i'm gonna save time i'm gonna have so much more time to to mess with the school board <laughs> Well, I mean, I just, and this is just sparking a childhood memory for me. Um, (laughs) You don't know anybody like this. (laughs) I've never, no, I don't. And I I don't even know how it's related. 
But uh, scooters had come into fashion. <laughs> and I can assure you that they were not expensive when they were first introduced. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, scooters. Sure. Um, well, I, had a scooter. I, got... I had a scooter from the store. Well, <laughs> I did not... I did not have such a luxury um, because my father <laughs> had it. He took apart a non-working lawnmower. <laughs> so dangerous sounding. Nailed the handle to a plank of wood with absolutely no give whatsoever, <laughs> and the wheels to the side of. The same plank of board. Oh, so as soon as I went off the driveway for the first time, <coughs> um, I compressed Ooh. about 25 discs. Because, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to tell you, it did not get the kind of response on the streets from the other kids that I was hoping for. <laughs> it sounds so dangerous. <laughs> um, it is. And I'm, but I'm I, I got mower handles, yeah. <laughs> but I also think, yeah, I think it goes to illustrate what we're talking about here, which yeah. is a, a proud man who thinks that he can do th- everything better yeah. than everybody else. I'll be damned if I am going to give my hard-earned money for to a schools. scooter. Right. <laughs> when I know right. that I can build one that works way worse and looks <laughs> awful my it own damn absolute self. okay it will hum- it humiliate my child. it will not go over a bump um and when it does Inju- injuries it, will happen yeah that immediately will, here, here actually you know what that will teach her not to ask for shit anymore <laughs> problem solved that is actually some foresight right there <laughs> might have really yeah. saved himself some I'm not gonna lie but it worked <laughs> um, but anyway so tinkers they happen okay uh, <laughs> so yeah so he didn't spend his time making a profitable farm he spent his time just you know fucking shit up for himself and everybody else well and And I don't mean to say, like, well, why isn't he, like, a good farmer? That's not my argument. You know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of my argument. (laughs) It's kind of my argument. Like, you're not a good farmer. You're not a good tinkerer. If you want to be just kind of a cuckoo bird, go do your cuckoo thing and don't. Yeah, obviously, like, his, you know, quirky, if he was just a harmless, quirky, like, (laughs) like, honey, I shrunk the kids type, (laughs) this would be a different story. We're talking about Rick Moranis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If he was Gyro from fucking DuckTales, that would be one thing. That's not what's going on here. Or (laughs) MacGyver. If he was MacGyver. Oh. Yeah, but oh, I absolutely understand psychologically while, why you would defend somebody who makes unorthodox decisions. <laughs> somebody who thinks out of the box. <laughs> this is, yeah. There's going to be some payoff for those hours that you put into, yeah. Right, no. making no, the not. biggest wax ball anybody's ever seen. <laughs> 
from those little Get cheeses. That later. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a different app. <laughs> a different app. <laughs> but um, so what I what I hope we've established so far is that we have a man who's incredibly arrogant and like that is honestly, you know, like his sort of like Grecian undoing because. If he had just listened to advice from anybody, he would not have gotten into so much financial trouble. It was, in fact, not the fault of the newly built school that raises property taxes, but the fact that he couldn't run a farm profitably. And so, but, like, his ego would not allow him to, you know, look at, well, how am I contributing to this? Yeah. Right. I mean, I guarantee you he killed that horse because he was like, you're not helping me farm right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's probably why. You know what? To be honest, I bet the horse knew he was wrong. (laughs) I I do. He was like, this ain't my first farm. Yeah. I was I bet the horse was like, no, what you're asking me is dumb and I won't participate. That horse was like, I saw you murder your stepmother. Yeah, seriously. And I don't... No, we're not I, playing this game. I don't want to work for you anymore. No. I find it morally reprehensible. I think this reprehensible. is a bad idea. I am yeah. judging you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm glad you're picking up what I'm laying down. But, um, okay. So, and then the another character trait... And, it, again, like, the same way that you... You know, like wetting the bed and head injury. So we have somebody mm. who who can't take responsibility for his own personal failures, and uh, is the to to his own belief the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, that's like weird narcissism. I mean, right, he sounds like right? a lot of fun. And, right. and the other thing is that he expects things out of people that. If you had a realistic view of yourself, you'd have you would realize that that's too much to expect. So, like him just not paying his mortgage wasn't gonna be cool, and you know I, he just expected people to be okay with things that any other person would understand that is not personal. You just need to pay your bills, right? But he sounds uh, like a dick. Yeah. yeah, he's a big dick. And, you and, know? Yeah, and not, like, not the first, certainly not the last. No. So, as if he needed any sort of compounding stress, his wife had consumption and had been hospitalized mm. several times this year. And, I mean, I can't imagine what it must have been like in the 1800s when you didn't have any sort of coverage. Certainly not a poor farmer. For medical costs, right. and it right. must have seemed overwhelming. <laughs> and well, and this is even in the early 20th century at this point. Right, 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 right. So this is like the 1910s and 1920s. So yeah, I mean, thank goodness. They, my point being, thank God that's over. Yeah, right, right. Phew. We've well, we've come we've, so far. We've, we've solved. Uh, we've solved healthcare. That's right. that's not an issue. Nobody anymore. has to be stressed out about. 
Yeah, no, no one's in debt for um, being sick. Right. Yeah. Right, and I just like oh, like the barbarity of the fact that he was going to lose his farm because he was having to pay these huge medical bills for his dying wife. So I mean, um, just thankfully we wouldn't be in a position like that yeah. ever again. <laughs> no. Right. Because we. I think after most of Northern and Western Europe did it successfully, we adopted universal. Is that, <laughs> right? is that, is that how it went down? Right. I mean, we've got a pretty good model to follow. Surely we. Right. Yeah. I mean, after yeah. certainly after 10 or 20 years of the NHS, the, at that <laughs> point it was, I don't know. I'll have to Google it. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So research. anyway, um, if you're like, wow, a, a story of a middle-aged man who has lost it all and carries grudges against everybody in town, how could this go right? <laughs> he went to uh, some sort of, like, retreat where he got in touch with <laughs> right. his... Yeah. Um, you know, gentler side, sort of, you know. Well, yeah, and that's the, the people don't talk about that. It was it was because he uh, uh, adopted uh, a, a meditation practice that worked right. for him. He got into Buddhism. He just realized and, that um, he was just, you know. Samsara got into it. Yeah, he was nothing but energy waves, and he could fight right. it or he could go with it. Yeah, and, I like, mean, you know, God is love and stuff. And let go of the ego and realize, yeah. like, possessions are, <laughs> you know. And again, and that's why nobody knows the story, because he got better and nothing happened. So Oof, crisis averted. Oh, no. That, no, 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 that was, um, sorry, all of that did not happen. What indeed happened was... I'm going to start two days before the incident. Okay. Um, because that is when it is alleged he beat his wife to death. Yeah. And um, set up explosives in the home and bound his animals mm. so they could oh, not yeah. escape. I forgot about yeah. that part. He, like... Yeah. He tethered their Locked legs. Them in a furnace. Time to go mm. in a furnace. Oh, wait, he I didn't read that. He actually tied their legs. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he just locked the barn no, door. No, he t- like tethered their leg, like wrapped their legs Ugh. or something so that they couldn't run away. Well, and not only that, but he knew it would make it more difficult for them to be saved. Right. Like nobody could come it. in and just open the barn and let them out. Right. They were they would have to go so, in and like actually release. So them. it's like you're looking. So it sounds so far sounds like he's looking for a lot of for for casualties. Just yeah, off the cuff. I mean, yeah, it's really taking it out on on some innocence at his own on the animals, on, at his okay. own place. He, he 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 doesn't want the animals to survive under under any circumstances. Okay, well, well, I'm you're, sure you're his really... wife was a mercy killing, right? <laughs> That's right, and. um... As somebody with lupus, 
I, I just want you to know I will <laughs> fucking haunt you if you mercy kill me. <laughs> unless, like, you don't want to unless be we've had to a death. talk about it. Okay. That's the other thing. Well, yeah, that like, was... What? I was just going to say that I, like, you know how sometimes you never know, like, you're like, oh, shit, I guess that is racist. Or, oh, shit, I guess that is, like, kind of homophobic if you think about it. Let me tell you about ableism. Ah, Mm-mm. yes. Is uh, because there are so many court cases where a wife is killed by a husband and she happens to have some sort of chronic illness. I mean, she's raising her kids. And they use the fact that she was in an illness to make it look as if it was a mercy killing and somehow not the equivalent. What? Yeah, it happens. The fuck? There's actually two famous lupus cases. Oh, cool. Good. Good job. So we're using the euthanasia case. uh, The fucking... Mm, well. I I knew you wouldn't like it, and I didn't like it either. I don't like but, that at all. I'm but, super angry. But that's the thing. It's like, well, it's the I, whole thing of like, oh well, was she wearing a lupus short skirt <laughs> that said lupus? It was like, yeah, she was really <laughs> suffering, and I was like, people. I bet she didn't want to be murdered. No. I just want to say, I, you know, stop like being cutesy about. Uh, murdering women it's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah it's like the, it's like sex pest <laughs> sorry wait just shh, just stop <laughs> stop being cutesy about murdering women <laughs> yeah that is awesome sorry I, I have to just they, there are so many way <laughs> of diminishing terrible things you know it's like like an uh, what is it? The passion defense. Yeah. Uh, crime of passion. Fuck. Crime of crime passion. Crime of passion. Okay. Which is so ridiculous. I, I'm just here. If you can say crime of passion, I'll cut to that so we don't look like we're 300. Yeah. Crime of passion. <laughs> okay. I get so, right. <laughs> you know, it's like all the. That's cool. And they'll never know it was Saison that remembered it. <laughs> Okay with it. Crime of passion. <laughs> She's, she, I put a little. You can edit this into it. Crime of passion. Oh, are you asking Siri right now? <laughs> no, I'm putting it in so you have an edited bit. You can overlap on whoever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lay it over. Say, say, zombie, like. Oh, do you mean crime of passion? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Crime of passion. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well. All right. We'll talk. We'll talk about this in the studio after we wrap. <laughs> the okay. the Axopod studio we're recording from. Um. So anyway, I just again, I hope you are absorbing all these bullet points. <laughs> yeah. So he had rigged his house two days in advance, but and and he set the bomb off on, let's see, May eighteenth, but it was two hours previous to the school bombing, which uh, occurred at eight forty-five. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I skipped over a bit, but how did he rig the school? Right. Oh, God. Once again. Yeah. Go into this. Once again, this is interesting. his way into. A little, little tinkering. Yeah. Yeah. But also seeming like he was, you know, was like, oh, I'm going to get on the school board. And then, and then it was like, hey, um, I'm going to save y'all some money. You know how thrifty I am. I'm going to save y'all some money, and I'm going to do your um, your electrician work for the school, right? I'm going to do some wiring right. for you. Which, how much electrical work was there in the 20s to do? Well, I mean, they you have know. lights and stuff and other well, power. thanks to FDR, whatever. <laughs> well, there was, as you're right, there was, there was one light per building, and... I mean, well, they were in the, the north. point of it good, is, good is that this town, uh, these people did not suspect anything at all. They just thought he was a bit, a bit grumpy and a bit thrifty and kind of hard to be around and what have you. Like, right? I mean, they, they, yeah. they didn't, he, he was going in and out of that school building and loading it up with he, explosives. He, Go ahead. And he also, oh, I was just going to say is that in that same year, he bought a ton of pyrotol and two boxes of dynamite. So as he was going through doing this electrician work, he was setting up a series of homemade bombs. Yeah. And he had unfettered access to the school so he could go whenever he wanted to and like nobody would bat an eye. So it's a lot more insidious than than just like somebody in an act of madness. Yeah, well, it, I read that it was like he had been planning this for a, up like at least a year. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, he had been gathering it took him a while. And, yeah, and and at the because bit. the damn. And, but that's the thing is that he set up several, like, networks of bombs. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't, again, it's like the opposite of, what's the other cutesy murder term when you just, like, you're like... Oh, it, oh, it, oh, um... Um, spree killing. That's what it is. Oh. It's the yeah. opposite of a spree killing. Like, okay. It, which I also think is a weird... Again, and like, well, that's cute. Well, it's, it's all the language choice used to describe these kind of things, which, can I just interject real quick? Yeah, no. This is what I thought was so funny. When you talked about exactly what you just talked about, he went to buy two boxes of dynamite, and uh, God bless Murderpedia, that's where I was reading this from, but it said at a sporting goods store. And that made me laugh really hard, because <laughs> I'm like, what sporting goods store was it in 1926? Yeah. Like, Academy, Dicks. the right sound, the right place. Well, <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Like, All right, a sporting goods store. Can I bring up an even, even <laughs> deeper question? Was what was fun about dynamite in 1920 that it would be in a sporting good? The, like what the only explanation, the only explanation I had was the Caddyshack. <laughs> oh right, <where>? okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like gold mining. Yeah, I guess is yeah. that a sport, sport in the Wait, in the early? Are you 20s? trying to say like they had like a 
a, a gold okay, look, miner it's the section. Fun sporting goods store. <laughs> like, it's where every everyone who wanted to kill Bugs Bunny yeah. went to shop. Up so and like, <laughs> but I'm just trying to think: is there like a furrier section? And there's, there's the like, Acme bombs for the Road Runner. Yeah, right. Obviously, dynamite. Of course. Sure. And then you can then you buy the stuff that that's a byproduct of World War One, which is readily available at the stores. <laughs> right, and they also bought and, that. Sure, I think cool. it's also well established that chemicals used in World War One are absolutely harmless. <laughs> and yeah. so I yeah. would think there wasn't a, any consequences from that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, they had worked it out. They wouldn't just throw people it was something highly incredibly regulated. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. A, how are you just buying boxes of dynamite? And B, what is a sporting goods store in the 20s? Yeah. Well, no, mean, you're right. Know. You know what? In <laughs> fact, why don't we just erase all of this and go straight to the heart of the matter, which is... I feel like they had, like, snowshoes and, yeah. like, spelunk- spelunking equipment. Right. A pan with holes in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, a belt that went jingle jangle. <laughs> yokes for oxen. Yeah. I and those mean, buckets that hang off the yokes. Ooh. You know what I'm talking about? They had about? those barrels that you put on the St. Bernard. <laughs> yeah. and you, know, you know what's so nuts is that I bet this information readily exists, but I think not gonna speculating look it about it. Yeah, it's way better. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. He had set up a network of bombs in the school, mm-hmm. and the the bombs went off at 8.45, and I have a quote. I mean, you can... the One of the teachers that was inside the building when the bomb... It, the bomb blast went off in the northern end of the school, but for, thankfully it was stopped before. This is the last day of classes at 8.45, And um, a first grade teacher recounted, it seemed as though the floor went up several feet, she said. After the shock, I thought for a moment I was blind. When it came, when it came, the air seemed to be full of children and flying desks and books. Children were tossed high in the air. Some were catapulted out of the building. Oh, well, there was um, uh, one of the like there's a quote from one of the girls who survived and she said that she just remembered being like flying through the air and seeing oh debris God. between herself and the sun like flying by oh. and that and again uh, you're like setting a bomb off in a school you can't get worse than that. Well, he does manage to do just that. Yeah. Yeah. Because about an hour later, when nobody knows what the hell has gone on, and certainly wouldn't have thought it was malicious. Well, and when he's got more people coming to see what's going on. Yeah. Well, and that's Which I think I was... is strategic. Oh, sorry. Shit. No, you no, I it's okay because you were right. Okay. He he waited an hour because he waited for the parents of the children to start digging and looking for them and for the first responders to show up. 
And then he drives in his truck that he had loaded up the previous day full of metal, metal shards and screws. Like nails. Shrapnel. Yeah. And so as people are carrying children away from this disaster, he calls the school superintendent over and he shoots into a gas bomb in his own car so then everybody who's on the curb thinking that they've just been spared are bombed again. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he, he did die, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he intended but, to. Right. And yeah. then, you know, there is like, for some people it, that's why they ask if, you know, you're feeling suicidal because, like, suicidal and homicidal are very close neighbors. Mm. Like if, <laughs> oh, God. Like, if, yeah. you, if you are at the point where you have nothing to lose, and one of those things being you being alive or not, yeah. like, you become very dangerous to other people. Right, because, yeah. Well, so, I think most suicidal people are it. I mean, a particular kind of awful suicidal person, yeah. But for the most part, like somebody who's suicidal and depressed isn't dangerous. To I would say ninety-five percent of people with depression are seconds away. From, no, of course not. I just want like, to tread carefully because you know, like. I think, oh, you know, oh. suicide itself gets kind of a bad rap from people and it's not, it's misunderstood. So I don't want to say like, you know, suicide and homicide, like a right, certain no, kind I of suicide. Yes. I certainly don't want to. Yeah. No, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. That's not what no, we're saying. I yeah. mean, I mean, first, I know that's yeah. not what you meant, but I just want to make it clear that that's not what we think. No. Gina, I mean, do you need some literature about suicide <laughs> that I can provide you? Yeah. That I think and I that is the very important distinction I'm trying to make here is because it's just like with the Nevada shooter is that he he wanted just to take people out with him before he went. Mhm. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's so a very particular it's like, kind of yeah. Yeah. Awful. And it I think it's so, very and, narcissistic. Yes. Right? Well, a def- uh, very obviously. And I, I think that the reason I even bring it up is that, again, this is 1927, right? And so yeah. things that now, after watching what I can only assume are thousands of episodes <laughs> of Forensic Files. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after, well, growing up, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm right. 40 and I've spent... Um, Seventy-five percent of that watching and reading true crime. So yeah, right. Plus yeah. all the reruns, and, the ones you've seen. Yeah, again. Because honestly, like to me, it's like all uh, that's why I love history because it's just like it's the true crime, uh, like historical true crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, behind every every dispute anybody's ever had has been like a crime. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. ever gets yeah. in, no two righteous people get in a dispute. You know what? You have actually, you might have just nailed why I am so loving history. You can cut this out. <laughs> no. Like, what, what, what am I obsessed with in history? Massacres. Yeah. Right. Lynching. Yeah. yeah. Genocide. This is the history that I read and write about. Mm-hmm. It's because it's like the ultimate of like true crime, like 
psycho uh, psychopathy. Yeah. Well, and I, I think like the reason. It, well, and honestly, it's you, we're not super off track here because what I wanted to point <laughs> okay. out about bringing this up is that at the moment we now have years and years of data, and we have so many of these incidents happening where near duels have done their own sort of like terrorism on, you know, concerts, movie theaters, you know, sometimes it's been politically motivated or religiously motivated. But the point is, is that at the time it was so uncomfortable, nobody discussed how we would handle it. And I don't think that we are handling it properly because, you know, you should really put a strong message out there that, like... Right. Don't be the worst person ever. (laughs) You know what you just hit on is here's what's interesting is that... (laughs) There's a reason there's Holocaust museums. Mm -hmm. It's because, let's not forget, let's remember. Okay, guys? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's an important part of what you're saying. Well, as you know, I mean, that's extreme, um, but it's like it's my point being is that it's sad, but it's true. It's sad that we need to have these constant remembrances, but it's true that we do need them. Right. Well, I was just going to say that. um, um, As you may have been reminded when I got overexcited about Chernobyl. Um, industrial disasters and war crimes are where my passion lies. Right. And um, so, you know, when what I was fascinated in was that there were people, and I mean from everywhere, like from within the military, from Hollywood, that were like, we need to get over there with cameras and we need to show everything because people will never believe right. it right it's true and they they knew intrinsically yeah that that they would try to control the narrative right. and they said it's so terrifying and and i think that's well, like also gonna, you know the thing you say about people won't believe it it's like there is a tendency to not want to believe that something like that is possible or that there's people that are capable of you know enacting those kind of horrors so yeah you're like hmm Right, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, it's almost impolite, you know? Yeah. It it, it has to be, and, you know, and people even say this now, it's like it has to be an aberration. Yeah. And we're we're just going to, you know, we're going to clear things up and it's going to go back to normal. And I'm like, this is absolutely not the case. Yeah. You know. It keeps happening. It keeps happening. Syria. Yeah. And it will yeah. keep happening. Everything. Yeah. But, and and I think that's why it's so, and again, like, not even about just suppressed, but, you know, there's a reason you, you have to have it on tape because there are people that will have motives to change the narrative and you need to be able <sighs> to show. So, anyway. Yeah. No, hey, you're preaching to the historian choir. Like, how would you categorize what happened so that they know that this isn't 
normal. It's the worst thing you can do. Like how how do how does that how should you responsibly communicate that? You know. Yeah, like in no uncertain terms. Right. That is yeah. Bad. Yeah, like. So if you want, well, I mean, you're, to, what what I feel like, I mean, you're talking about teaching compassion, or communicating and and building on compassion. Like to me, what would I tell kids or blah blah blah? Yeah. Like it would be cultivating compassion because it's. I mean, I can say all. I mean, yes, years of watching the the true crime, like you know. Don't get in the car, and when they're looking for a dog, oh my god, they, they don't they don't really have a dog. But it's like, but you're talking about empathy and actually cultivating compassion, which is what is the yeah. root of actual participation in a world that like where you're not where you where you're not just causing harm to everybody that you come in contact with. Remember that right. old competition <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i think i think we've reached the end of this odyssey but <laughs> i i just we've gone through the greeks we've gone through shakespeare yeah um i mean if bob you don't know bob seeger michigan if you didn't learn something you didn't already know then like you're lying <laughs> you're lying to yourself <laughs> And go back to the project you're very obviously tinkering on. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. You're welcome. I was. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I, I have and I will. <laughs> and, um, Thank you. Yeah, we are on Instagram at XPod. We are on Twitter on XPod. And we're not as X on you know what try again okay we're on twitter at X of pod that's right right yeah I think so yeah that is that is right it is correct I can verify that right now we have we are also X of pod at gmail mm-hmm so especially if you appreciate the timber of Anne's yeah, haven't looked at that account in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so by weeks I mean a month or two. Well, but I will I, give it a give it a glance. I'm just gonna make a wager that it's okay. Yeah, what? I'm gonna no. make a wager that there okay. might be two two emails from some sort of spam company. Yeah. Guys, when when they say two, they mean short for two million, and <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah, and they too like, many to just, count. Yeah. <laughs> Too many to ever get to, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want, I don't want it to sound like there's only at least 26 to 27 of you listening to this, but, <laughs> um, but anyway, but we do, but that's the other thing is that you consistently come back and listen, and I honestly am touched by that. Yeah, thanks. I mean, we have fun doing it. Yeah, and um, you know, thanks. And you know what? You don't have to tell your friends about it because yeah. maybe they aren't cool. Yeah, listen. Not everybody is going to want to listen to us be crazy. And that's and a shame. also super smart, so. 
Right. If you're if your friends don't like having a good time <laughs> and partying, then no. Keep keep it. It's just between you and me. Play it close to the vest. Yeah. It's your little secret. Um, and I'm going to tell you that's not that friend doesn't sound cool anyway. I mean, we don't want to hang out with them. No, certainly not. And we don't want them looking at our Instagram at Axapod or Twitter at Axapod. <laughs> They're obviously not cool. Um, but yeah, we will see you soon. And thanks, you know? All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do it again. Do it Goodbye again. Goodbye now. Oh, no. <laughs>